Welcome in to the very best in paranormal talk. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. You know, I was sitting around uh, late last year, and I was saying to myself, you know, there were some shows in the Darkness Radio catalog that were excellent shows, just excellent sit-downs with guests that... Uh, when you go back and you listen to them, they're timeless. They're classic. They're, there's guests there that, that have information that will blow your mind. Guests that when you sit down, you talk to them. Uh, just the things they say, you, you, you take and you rewind them back and you listen to them over and over and over again because the information there really gets you thinking. One of those guests I have with us today because there's some stuff that he's doing even today that make you go, oh, wow, I, I need to find out what it is he's doing at this very moment because it just sounds so mind-blowing. The guest I'm talking about is Joshua P. Warren. And yes, Joshua has his own show right now uh, on uh, the Premier Radio Network's uh, podcast network. We'll talk about that here in a moment on the Coast to Coast uh, podcast network. And we'll talk to him about that as well. But Joshua P. Warren was born and raised in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. At the age of 13, he wrote his first published book. Since then, he's published dozens more, including the regional haunted bestseller, Haunted Asheville, Simon & Schuster's How to Hunt Ghosts, and his 2015 bestseller, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction. He's gone on to... Uh, be published internationally, mainstream media such as CNN, Fox News, Popular Mechanics, The Wall Street Journal, Entertainment Weekly, Southern Living, Delta Sky, Fate, New Woman, New York Times, FHM, and something about the author, and made the cover of the science journal Electric Spacecraft. He's a winner of the University of North Carolina Thomas Wolfe Award for Fiction, and he's wrote columns for the Asheville Citizen Times from 1992 to 1995 for his first novel, The Evil in Asheville, which was released in 2000. He's an internationally recognized expert on paranormal research. Joshua was hired by the famous Grove Park Inn Resort to be the first person to officially investigate the Pink Lady apparition in 1995. The same year, he founded Lemur Paranormal Investigations, of which he's president. I could tell you, we, we could sit here for 10 minutes and I could read his resume, but I'll tell you, Joshua's also appeared on the National Geographic Channel, the History Channel, Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, Sci-Fi, Animal Planet, TLC, numerous networks and affiliates of NPR, ABC, NBC, and CBS the man's been everywhere. He's been on Paranormal Paparazzi in 2012. Uh, he made guest appearances on Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Challenge. In fact, he co-produced the Ghost Adventures Winchester House Experiment, voted the number one experiment in the history of the show by fans. He's also been a technical consultant and behind-the-scenes associate producer for Warner Brothers' 2012 feature, The Apparition. And he pitched and produced the History Channel's Jack the Ripper series in 2017 called American Ripper. And he is frequently asked to be a guest on radio shows around the world, including Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Again, he's on their podcast network. He has a show on their podcast network. And we're bringing him on Darkness Radio yet again today because... We're going to talk haunted dolls and some other stuff today. Let's bring him in right now. Joshua P. Warren, welcome back, my friend, to the program. Thank you so much, Tim. And please tell everyone I did not ask you to read all that. No, I, no, I did that of my own volition. That was my deal. So I didn't I didn't ask for the ramp. You didn't ask for the ramp up. I did the ramp up. So. <laughs> That's that. It's pretty interesting, though, because um, I've always been one of those 
uh, understimulated people, I guess. I have to be doing too many things all at once. <laughs> and so it's it's kind of weird when I look back at my life. And, um, I, you know, I've always loved that quote by Charles Fort, that you can measure a circle beginning anywhere. And when I was young, I kind of started with ghosts. And then if you stick with the paranormal long enough, it doesn't matter if you start with ghosts or Bigfoot or UFOs, they, they kind of start connecting. So ghosts kind of led me into uh, ESP and psychic stuff. And then that started leading me into aliens and UFOs. And then that ended up connecting with the cryptids. And and, and so I guess it makes sense because we're, we're all living in a big universe where it's all connected in some way and so um i've kind of tried to look at the mysteries of the world from many different perspectives and uh you have to do that because there's you're not going to find anything close to an explanation if you just keep one point of view so what captivates you the most especially these days well it really has for me boiled down to the relationship between matter and energy and the essence of manifestation now what i mean by that is you know over the years i have experimented with techniques and metaphysical tools and mental hacks that might help to create things that are either spooky like ghost appearances or ufos or creating a sighting of a bigfoot or, or creating a tulpa yeah i've done all that spooky stuff but then at a certain point i said well you know if you can kind of manifest things either mentally or by manipulating the physical environment with technology uh and there are a lot of different ways that you actually can do that but if you can do that in the spooky world well you can also apply that to other things that are positive like uh generating more money and happiness and feelings of well-being and so i even um invent and sell some small batches of these kinds of metaphysical tools and and inventions uh, there in my online curiosity shop at uh, joshuapwarren.com. And if you go there, you will find some things that you just won't find anywhere else. But ultimately, it, it boils down to the the mind body environment relationship in general so yes you could talk about magical things like wishing machines prayer boards wands um those are all fun to experiment with but it really is this mystery of what connects the mind to everything else and i believe that uh, your brain, I call it the wormhole brain. Your brain is a wormhole that's connecting what you perceive as your consciousness to some other zone of information. And uh, so by understanding that, we can consider all of the different ways that these mysterious things sort of appear to pop out of nowhere we talk a lot about portals and stuff like that nowadays because it's popular on tv mm -hmm. but that's good that's good because they're real you know portals are real your eyeballs are portals you know what's when you look at yourself in the mirror who's looking back at you it's like an infinite loop and so uh that's where uh, what i'm interested in now is, is finding the connections between all those things and, and in fact 
now that I lived here in Las Vegas for the past six years, I bought properties out here that have allowed me to expand a lot. I have a whole new lab and workshop. And one of the things that I built here and just opened a few months ago is the Parasymatics Sigil Lab. And I don't know if you want to get into that, but that's something that's really been occupying a lot of my time here. Uh, and it's, it's something I'm very proud of. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting right next door to it. Let's, but I, I have one question for you before we get into sigils, because I did want to take you down that road today. Um, one of the things that came, it just came up when I go to your website and it practically hits you right in the face is the miraculous prayer board. Now, I, as I look at it, and I know this is probably going to tie into sigils, so you tell me if you want to tackle that before or after we tackle sigils. Um. Well, you know, actually, yeah, let's do sigils first, because okay, I okay. think sigils will create a better foundation for, yeah, the prayer board. Yeah. And I know that's a very sensational name, but it's meant to be. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and there's uh, so um, because you want to I the, the first thing that when you go to your website, there these there's four sigils that come up. You have one for money, one for ghosts, one for love and one for psychic. And mm -hmm. and then you mentioned something there about parasymatics and it says there's an entire podcast on the subject that you can listen to which i take it is a little involved but um but sigils and then you see these interesting kind of uh, graphics for them and so explain to me what is it about these sigils and what is it that these sigils do yeah i'm so glad that we're, we're digging into this because i have created these sigils using this technique that I uh, discovered through trial and error, and and anybody can experiment with it for free. It doesn't cost you a dime. I want you to do this and let me know what happens. So it, let me give you the basis of it. Um, back in the late 1700s, early 1800s, a German scientist and mathematician named Ernst Chlodny started doing all these experiments where he would sprinkle things like fine sand on a flat on a nice flat piece of metal and then he would run a violin bow down the side and he would see the sand snap into all of these intricate patterns that look similar to snowflakes and whatnot and uh what he was experimenting with now is what we call cymatics and cymatics is the greek word for wave um in fact there was a swiss scientist named hans jenny who who actually coined that particular word that we use cymatics in in the 20th century well when i was living in the bermuda triangle uh, on the island of puerto rico i was experimenting one day with some of the water there i wanted to see if there were any kinds of mystical properties because people would tell me about certain areas where they would see these kind of like greenish metallic fogs glowing out over the water and places where people had vanished and all that and one of the things that i did was take different containers of seawater, and then I was, would subject them to different frequencies and tones and, and take a look at the patterns that would appear. And I became absolutely fascinated with this um, because, you know, when you take something that's fluid like water or semi-fluid, maybe like a, a cornstarch and water mixture, something like that, uh, and you start playing these tones, what you see is some kind of a design that just pops, that just appears out of nowhere. And it, it, that to me, that is the most pure 
proof of what magic is. It's taking an invisible vibration and creating form, physical form with it. Okay. And so I, I started expanding this and doing all kinds of cymatics experiments. And one day I thought to myself, instead of just playing tones, what if I were to sit down in front of a microphone and say a word? What would that word look like? Yeah. Okay. Got you. And and then I started. I, one day I sat down. And I said, "I am attracting more money. I am attracting more money." And I saw the vibrations that would appear. And I did all kinds of different uh, experiments. In some cases, I would take the entire phrase and I would squash it on a computer into one phrase and see what the whole thing looked like. Or then I would use one word, money. And I started getting these patterns that would appear that looked very strange to me. And in order to see them better, I started um, enhancing them by shining infrared and ultraviolet lights and laser lights on the surface mm -hmm. so that the the, um, the pattern became much more distinctive. And then, of course, I would videotape this and then I'd put that on my computer and then I would uh, turn it to black and white. I would, I would extract the pattern that appeared in the water. And then I would hand that actual photograph to my wife, who is a very talented artist and have her literally take a pen and, and just outline it, you know, just literally go sit down and draw on top of this pattern. And as I did that, um, I realized that what I was getting here reminded me a lot of sigils. And for people who don't even know what we're talking about here, um, a, a sigil, well, that word, it, it's, uh, it comes from the ancient word, uh, I guess it's probably a, a Latin word, sigillum, um, and that means to seal. And this is what, it's a name that's always been given to a magical symbol of some kind that's used to seal a ritual or as an antenna to attract spiritual energies. And so... Once I realized that these looked a lot like some of the sigils that I'd seen in the past, including one that I found on Robert the Haunted Doll, but that's another story, mm -hmm. um, I decided I was going to make just four of these sigils to begin with. And these are the four I have on my website there on the homepage right now at joshuapwarren.com. One is the money sigil, one is the ghost sigil, one is the love sigil, and one is the psychic sigil. Now, on that homepage, you can see the pattern that appeared on the water. It's enhanced with infrared light, and then next to it, you can see the illustration that was extracted from the pattern. So it kind of gives you an idea of what we, we've been doing. Right. So then I went on Coast to Coast AM one night, and I told everybody kind of what I was up to, and I said, let's do an experiment. Please go to my website. You're going to find these pictures there for free. If you click on a picture, it should enlarge. And I want you to save whichever one of these sigils you want, because one of them is to attract more money. One of them is to attract a ghost. If you're one of these crazy people like we are, Tim. Okay. <laughs> uh, one is to attract love. Duh. And then one is to attract psychic ability. If you want to have that in your life. And so I said, go and save the picture to your phone, uh, or you can save it to your computer. You can print it out on a piece of paper and put it on the wall. It doesn't matter. Just look at it as often as possible throughout the day. 
This is a design that I did not create per se. This is what Mother Nature showed me in the water when I said those words. So it's kind of a blend of science and art. And so after I told people to do that, I said, look, this is all free. Just let me know. I swear to you, I have never seen such a reaction as the one that I got over the next two weeks, especially thousands and thousands of emails from people all over the world freaking out, especially because the money sigil, I think most people went straight for that money sigil. Okay, sure. And I started getting all of these stories about people getting unexpected checks and people getting raises of their job and people, there was still at least one guy said he actually hit some money in a lottery and people started sending me pictures of themselves with these sigils tattooed on their arms what yeah this is something i just talked about one time on the radio and the next thing you know it's people are tattooing it and so this was really 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 working now i'd had success using them in my own life but you know that's uh, you got to have some kind of a, a test audience out there so this became so popular everybody kept demanding more and more and more so i ended up creating a bunch of others uh, in fact, let me see here. I've got um, I've got a list. I'll tell you how to find this list. I've got uh, one for attracting paranormal beings, whatever that means to you. I've got one for neutralizing or clearing or like stopping paranormal activity. Uh, there's one for general well-being and happiness, safe travels, pet protection, successful employment, psychic self-defense, willpower. And it's all free, okay? I just put all this stuff out there for free and say it's your, it's yours. Go take it, use it. Let me know what happens. And if you want to find, if you want to see all the rest of them, go to the sigillab.com. Sigil is spelled S-I-G-I-L. The sigillab.com. And when you scroll down, and and the reason we have the sigil lab is because I sigils for people. Mm -hmm. uh, but but if you go to that sigil lab page and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a section that says for more info on parasymatic sigils, click here. And if you do that, that's where you get the complete list of all of them and all the explanations. And so what I found was long story short. And again, if you go to the sigillab.com, all that stuff's for free. But uh, if you do want a personalized sigil for some reason, right now we're taking requests. So that's what the sigil lab is, is about. There's a video there that shows you our, our process. Um, but I began to become so infatuated with how this may or may not work. And it has to do to me with the condensation of the vibration of a thought form into what appears to be an abstract pattern. So you're not criticizing it in an intellectual way. Um, it's almost like, you know, a magic spell is kind of like nonsense, sometimes like bibbity bobbity boo abracadabra. Sure. The reason these spells have like nonsense words is because that those words are supposed to distract your critical sort of left brain thinking so that it frees up the creative imaginative right brain which is what uh, most of the manifestation depends on so i think that something similar happens with these magical symbols and so um this means that anytime you're going to create a metaphysical tool getting back to something like a prayer board or what we have this thing called the psionic dematerializer these are tools that will help you to create 
the thing that you want to manifest in your life. And rule number one is always design. The design plays a huge role. And you could almost say that uh, that goes for watching a movie or listening to a song. I mean, that, there's there's magic there because it's designed a certain way. Mm-hmm. But then from there, there are physical elements that you put into it. So I could sit here and go on and on and on about parasymatic sigils and stuff. But I hope that that kind of made sense. Does that do yes. you see how I tied these concepts together? Yes, and and when people can actually go and click on that link, and again, all these links that Joshua is talking about, we'll have in the description of the show. So if you're getting a little lost as to where these links are, or you're trying to rewind and get the links from Joshua, uh, look in the description of the show. You'll be able to click on these links and and be able to get to these links and see exactly what we're talking about and follow along with us. Now, um, when I'm when I clicked on the link you were talking about to see the additional. Um, the additional sigils, you also have examples of things like the Great Pyramids at Giza Plateau. And you, yeah. can, you can listen to the tone created. And then you have the original image on the left, the water pattern in the middle, and the ultimate sigil on the right, which are fascinating because they look like each other. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Sometimes it gives me goosebumps when that happens. Well, I mean, like the other day, some guy, uh, he contacted us through the website saying that he wanted a, a sigil of his name, which is that's the most powerful thing you can do is have a parasymatic sigil created of your own name. And you can look at that throughout the day. I think it's like Superman wearing his cape with the S on it. It yes. just it, it yeah. seems to supercharge you. And this guy's last name or it might have been, I forget if it was his middle name or his last name. It was love. And so. I read every person's name personally, you know, into the microphone. And sometimes I'll sit there for hours and just read names. And uh, so when I read this guy's name and said, love, the most beautiful heart shape you've ever seen appeared on the surface of the water. Really? And yeah. And I was just like, my wife, Lauren, and I were freaking out. You know, that was just like, I don't, you know, obviously that that can't happen every single time. It's like stepping, you know, dipping your toe into the same river twice because the conditions are always changing. But that time it just was so perfect. And so what you're seeing when you look at the Great Pyramids or a hundred dollar bill or a crop circle, these are examples of my next phase of research I was doing called Parasymatics 2.0. So what I what I decided to do was instead of taking um, sound and turning it into images, I thought, well, what if I take images and turn them into sounds? Yeah. And so, so I started taking uh, pictures of uh, like Stonehenge and uh, re- reducing them down to a black and white version. So it's much simpler. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I would, I scanned it. I have a video there showing how I would scan these things. And then I would extract patterns and play the tone. And so literally you're welcome to, if you'd like, you, you can play any of these tones. Um, there, I think each one is less than a minute, but like you can listen to the tone that I was able to extract from uh, Stonehenge, from a crop circle, uh, from a hundred dollar bill. Uh, I have a guy who contacted me. He says he listens to the hundred dollar bill tone uh, like every day, and he's all he he that's his lucky thing. You know, he says he's always um, 
making more money. And so uh, it's just one of those things where you can, uh, it's almost like broadcasting. You know, broadcasting is about taking a sound and turning it into uh, a, a signal that's turned back into a sound. And so with parasymatics, you can kind of do the same thing. Um, and so this is almost like a, a weird form of broadcasting that I'm playing with here that has a, a metaphysical connection. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I mean, it, and, and yet there's part of me with the, the engineering background and, and what little engineering background I have in, in, in radio and sound that tells me that I shouldn't be surprised by this. None of this should shock me, but it does. Well, that's one of the things that I, I'm i very insistent upon when it comes to the work that I do. I, uh, I've always said that I am not a quote-unquote believer in things. Uh, I have to see some kind of evidence. I have to understand the logic. I have to understand why things tie together. And uh, so, therefore, I always, you know, I've always tried to approach things from a scientific background. I understand the scientific method. I think a lot of people, if you ask them to tell tell you the steps of the scientific method, they would be clueless. Um, and these things have got to make sense to me somehow for me to be able to talk about them and experiment with them rationally. And there are plenty of things that I can't explain, but I think you and I can use broadcasting as a great uh, reference point mm -hmm. when you, when you think about how that, that relationship between ideas and sounds and images and feelings and experiences are all created. You know, it's like right now, I have an idea and I express that with my mouth. So it's, there's, it's a transducer. My, my mouth has been, a, it's become a transducer. It's taken this thought and turned it into a physical vibration that's traveling through God knows what kind of technology. And now it's being re reversed back into a, a sound that goes into your head and back into a thought. <laughs> well, we're always told to be careful because our words have power. I can't, I can't tell you how, how little I was when I was first told that. Be careful with your words because they have power. And I always thought, well, that's kind of a, a, kind of a corny saying. But then yeah. you think about it from the time you're little, and then you realize, no, I have the power to tear people down. I have the power to lift people up. I have the power to make someone's day. I have the power to ruin someone's day. And then you think, well, maybe that's just an emotional thing. Maybe that's the way people tell you that you have influence on someone. But it's more than that because your words have the ability to shape the world around you and you don't even know that. And then you're, you're told, well, you know, you're given the, the analogy of the, the uh, pebble in a pond, you know, the ripples outward, how your actions or your words can create that outward uh, influence. And you have, you have no idea. Um, and this just continues to confirm that, you know, that, that just that, that, that bit of sound or that sigil connecting with sound continuing with, and, and is there a quantum part to this as well? Is there a quantum physical part to this as well? I think there is to everything. Um, I believe we're, we're learning that more and more, especially now that um, we have 
We've created quantum computers, and uh, they're going to be changing the world dramatically over the next 10 years, if not much <laughs> much more quickly than that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's that's one of those things uh, that shows you the limitation of what humans can comprehend, because uh, scientists, they, they, people who are far, far smarter than us, they say, look, we have the math here, and Einstein was right, and all those guys were right. Um, it's space and, and all that's kind of an illusion. And basically we have the non-locality and that's why that, um, when you think about how that we are connected to the universe, um, you know, there are specific examples, uh, where, you know, scientists have proven that thoughts will affect things like the double slit experiment. Everybody always talks about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but, you know, and the thing is though, when you get into a quantum level, uh, yeah, everything happens instantly. And I kind of feel like that we are instantly connected to everything else that exists, that that's as above, so below. We're all part of the same big, going back to that concept of a connected, interconnected universe. And uh, so, therefore, um, yeah, all of this stuff has to do with uh the quantum spookiness that we, we're never going to be able to understand how something can be spinning clockwise and counterclockwise at the same time and yet they're telling us it is and they're using it to make computers <laughs> yeah so. can can i play a bit of the hundred dollar bill sound so people get an idea what this sounds like absolutely all right let's do that let's uh, let's play this for a second and see what this sounds like if i can I won't play the entire sound there, Joshua, but what is that that we're hearing? Well, um, and actually, I couldn't hear you play that. And it's been a while since I've listened oh, okay. to that particular okay. one. Okay. Let, let me see if I so, can. Okay. So you couldn't okay. hear that? Not on my end, but I can okay. hear it if I play it on my computer. Let me play just a section of it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah, anyway. it is. It's, it's kind of got that <laughs> that hollowed out, you know, type yeah. sound. What What is that sound that, where is that sound being generated from? Well, what I'm doing here is um, I have basically taken this image of the $100 bill mm -hmm. and I have put it onto a spinning plate, just like a phonograph plate. Okay. And as it spins around, it has a laser that's scanning it. And the light from that laser is going into a special sensor that takes that light and turns it into a signal that's hooked to a speaker that creates a sound. So you're basically listening to a laser light scan of a rotating $100 bill. Really? So it's creating its own sound. Yeah, well, that's the sound that we're getting from the laser scanning it. And uh, which actually, you know, the reason that I was able to, to rig that up was because um, my friend Mobius, I've known this guy for 20 years and he's my chief engineer. and We work together on all kinds of crazy projects and experiments. Um, 
he t- talked to me for years about how cool it would be to have uh, a device you could take out into the field where people are seeing UFOs that would uh, take the uh, sound produced by the light of the UFO and represent it into a database so you could figure out what you're looking at. Um, so let me give you a better example of that. Uh, for many years, I used to go, I, when I was growing up in Western North Carolina, to a place called Brown Mountain, mm-hmm. which is famous for the Brown Mountain lights. Yes. Yep. These balls of light that would appear and they would float around in the mountains there. And people had all kinds of theories. Some people would say, well, these are just ATV headlights. Uh, other people would say, you know, it's swamp gas and all that kind of stuff. So we figured, well, um, if we can take a light and turn it into a sound and put it into a computer and analyze that pattern, there must be certain similarities between different types of light that can be picked up from a distance. It's probably very similar to what astronomers are doing on a much more sophisticated level. So what we did was we finally got this rig put together where it has um, a little sensor that you can point toward a source of light and it makes a sound. And so uh, then you plug that sound into a computer and you've got your little spectrograph there. So we got one of these and we pointed it at a uh, a headlight and we got the sound that it made and then we pointed like like a headlight from a car then we pointed yep. it at a headlight on an atv we and we got the sound that that would make and then we started oh. pointing it at flashlights and we got the sound that would make and then we would point it at a campfire and get the sound that would make and we created this database that had hundreds of patterns and what you found was there was a lot of consistency between categories of light. It was very easy to tell if something was a street light or if it was an airplane or if it was a helicopter or I mean that or or a star. I mean these they had a, a completely distinctive look at when those categories. And so we you could take us out to a place like Brown Mountain. And if we were lucky enough to see a light, we could point this thing at it. It was actually hooked up to a telescope. So we're pointing the telescope. The telescope is taking the light and it's feeding into to this system that turns that light into the sound that shows up as the spectrograph on the computer. Then we can analyze it and compare it to all, all that's in our database. And by doing this, uh, we found that we've still never found anything that looks quite like the brown mountain lights um, the closest thing that we've come to is some kind of a, a plasma, like you would just generate with something like a, a natural plasma ball. But um, so I even did a TV show for the Discovery Channel where I took this rig out here in Nevada near Area 51, where, by the way, I bought some property. That's another story we can get into if you want to. Uh, There's going to be a long show. <laughs> I got too many stories, man. And so um, we went out in the field and uh, we had... We call this um, uh, the, the this device I'm talking about. We since we created it, we call it the opticalizer. Okay. okay, the opticalizer. So we took the opticalizer out and we set it up in in this field, and uh, we got lucky, and we saw some UFOs, and we were able to right there on TV take the pattern we got from the UFOs, compare them to what was in the database, and we didn't find a match. Really? And so by doing stuff like that, I when I started thinking about parasymatics, I, I was 
remembering um, some of the experiments we'd done with the opticalizer development. And I was like, oh, yeah, that can apply here as well. And so that's how one project connected to another. So you kind of see how these things evolve. Wow. All right. Well, sigils, cymatics, you guys have homework now. Um, so I tell you what, this would be a good place for us to take our break. When we come back, I want to find out about this property you bought near Area 51. I think we'll jump into that when we get back. And then I want to start to transition a little bit into what I had seen online, which was Kennedy. Yeah. The, the haunted doll. Um which is is something that you uh, you pass back and forth between you and Tom Danheiser of Coast to Coast AM. Um, this seemed just bizarre from the little description that I had read, and then the little bit I've listened to. Um, and I want to get into this as well. You've been a very busy man, Joshua. So we we have a lot to cover. It like uh, like Joshua said today on on today's program. There's a lot going on here, but. But, folks, we've got uh, links in the description of this program to Joshua's website. And, of course, uh, joshuapwarren.com is, is where we want you to go. Uh, but we've got links as well to uh, uh, the different things that, that Joshua's doing here. Man, I'm glad I asked you about sigils because that is some amazing stuff. Now, the one thing I want to ask before we do go to break here, Joshua, the sigils that you have on the front of your website, you can put them on the wishing machine? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's one of the easiest things that we found for a lot of people who have trouble uh, putting a wish. Because some people, they just don't believe in themselves. And they and so if they take out a piece of paper and they write down, you know, I'm I am attracting a million dollars or whatever. They just they don't believe that's going to happen, and they, they have a problem with that. But if I give them this sigil that was created by this process that they're kind of unfamiliar with that represents that energy. Well, then they can just take that and put it on the input plate and it does the same thing for them. It's uh, because again, these are all mind powered machines. We're, we're, we're using mental hacks here and uh, putting sigils into wishing machines and other manifestation tools is very, very effective. Uh, they complement each other perfectly. All right, there you go. All right. So we'll take our break. When we come back. Let's find out about this piece of property that uh, Joshua bought over by Area 51. We'll also jump into what's going on with Kennedy the Haunted Doll, how it relates to Robert the Haunted Doll. And I want to find out what the sigil is on Robert the Haunted Doll, too, now that we're talking sigils. We'll tie it all together when we come back. Our guest is Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is Joshua P. Warren. And boy, have we got a loaded show today. We've been talking sigils. And uh, later on, we'll be talking haunted dolls, specifically Kennedy the Haunted Doll. And we'll talk a little bit about Robert the Haunted Doll as well. Joshua, now you moved from Puerto Rico. I think you said it was around 2018. And you moved to the Las Vegas area. And, yes, indeed. And since then, you've been a a busy scientist out there as well. Um, I know we should mention real quick before we before we jump fully into what you've been doing in the Las Vegas area. You're not too far away from uh, a well respected predecessor of both of ours, uh, Art Bell. You're not too far away from the Pahrump area, um, and you've gotten involved with uh, Premier Radio Networks. You've got a podcast of your own on the Coast to Coast Podcast Network, correct? Yes, I do. Tell us a little bit about it. It is called Strange Things. And uh, it's funny how kind of all this evolved as well, because, you know, I've been doing broadcasting stuff for for many, many years. And uh, so I I was already doing kind of like a little independent podcast every day called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And literally, I did it every day. But sometimes it would just be like five or ten minutes. You know, it was just me. Sometimes to get on my cell phone and give a little update. I'm I'm standing here at, at in Transylvania at the castle or whatever. And so um a little over three years ago, uh Tom Danheiser, he called me up and he said, Hey, listen, we've decided to create this coast to coast AM paranormal podcast network. And uh he said, you know, I'm gonna be the program director and I would love for you to have a show. And um so we started talking about it and he came up with the name Strange Things. Of course, I used to host a show back in the day in Asheville called Speaking of Strange. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a book called Speaking of Strange. So that word strange has followed me my whole life, it seems like. <laughs> um and so uh yeah, we started this brand new podcast network myself. Uh, with a couple of other people, uh, you know, who had shows like Heidi Hollis and um, and uh, Sandra Champlain. And basically, um, it was set up very much like a traditional radio show, though. It's not the kind of thing where you just get on and you could cuss and ramble on like you, <laughs> which is too bad because, you know, my mom was happy because I, I, I have, have it's got to be family friendly. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We have to keep it honorable. And so, uh, 
Well, I started doing this show on a weekly basis, and it's just like any new thing. I thought, man, this is just going to probably get swallowed up by the ocean of podcasts. Seems like you know everybody and their cousin has a podcast now, mm-hmm. and uh, but now over three years later. We have produced hundreds of these shows, and it has just grown like you would not believe. I mean, I've been shocked by how this thing has grown, how popular it's become, how many emails I get per day, how many people visit the website. And so my show, Strange Things, is I think I think this is the real key to that show. I when Tom said he wanted me to do a show for the network, I said, well, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, whatever you want. And I thought, well, I can't pass that up. So I have taken full advantage of that. And when you listen to strange things, this is not just an interview show. As a matter of fact, I very seldom interview people. Hmm. I do that intentionally. Most of the time I have been doing research or I've been doing experiments and I prepare some presentation and you never know how weird and crazy it's going to be. I give out experiments that you can do at home. We do a lot of interactive stuff. I tell a lot of crazy stories you've never heard before. And uh, I don't care what you're into, ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, psychic phenomena, angels, demons, interdimensional stuff, weird experiments. I mean, I just you just never know where it's going to go. And and that, I think that's one of the things people love about it. And, and of course, it's not just all spooky, creepy stuff. I also uh, talk about manifesting things and different tools for being having positive stuff, you know, bringing good stuff, money and success and all that into your life. And we share tips. And it's, so it's just grown into this really uh, full, um, supportive community of people. And so if you go to uh, strangethingsshow.com, you'll find a list of all the episodes so far, like what their topic is and the different listening platforms. And uh, yeah, strangethingsshow.com. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's, it's free. It comes out every week, every Friday. And, uh, you know, I just think that it's been a wonderful honor for me uh, to be a part of the Coast to Coast AM family because, you know, uh, as you mentioned, I've got some very interesting items in my house that are connected to the Coast to Coast AM legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll get into that in a second. I, since you've moved to Las Vegas, um, you mentioned you, you bought a piece of property near a very uh, strange piece of property, if we can connect to the, the name of the uh, show. I, I take it you didn't do that for the show, but you probably did it because you had a, a natural curiosity. What what led you to wanting to buy a piece of property near Area 51? Well, you know, since then I have um, moved a good deal. You know, I, again, I was born in North Carolina, and then I finally ended up moving to the Caribbean and spending time there, which, man, I love that so much. I loved being in the Caribbean, but... When those hurricanes come, it's just so painful and scary. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I finally had to, had to go somewhere more stable. And so I came out west because I hadn't explored the west that much. And I have a weird schedule. I'm always sleep deprived because I'm, I'm, I'm up all night working on stuff. And you never know when you're going to catch me when I'm awake. Um, and, and this is a 24-hour town. And, and there's so much weird stuff here as well. I mean, I could tell you a whole big long list of reasons that Nevada is a a paranormally active state. But um, 
when my wife and I first moved here, we weren't 100% sure we wanted to to stay forever. And so we were renting. And then we finally last year decided to go ahead and buy a house. So we started house shopping at the worst possible time to buy a house, by the way, because the competition was just fierce. But anyway, um, as I was in things, um, I just became curious about some of the real estate prices in other parts of the state. And as I started exploring this, one day I just stumbled upon this guy who had several acres of land for sale in Rachel, Nevada, right next to the Area 51 base. Pretty much about as close as you can get without the, the camo guys coming out and, you know, you're in, you're, you're in trouble. Huh. And, yeah, and so, and this is just a, an empty piece of land okay it's a it's a it's a sea of dirt in the middle of a sea of dirt and uh but i love that and so uh and I, I, honestly i don't think anybody in their right mind would probably purchase that land <laughs> yeah yeah uh but i immediately was like how wild would it be to own some land there that has nothing on it there are no restrictions so I can just go and do whatever experiments I want as long as I don't step on anybody's toes. And I'm not a whistleblower, and I'm not there to spy on Area 51. I would never bring a drone anywhere near that place or anything like that. You know, my, I, I, my desire is to go there on private property. And I believe that the Area 51 base is there not only because it's a good terrain for that type of experimentation, but also there's a whole history of paranormal activity in that area mm -hmm. uh, going back thousands of years to Native American petroglyphs of things that look like aliens all over the place, Paranagat Man. So all that said, I think that's that place has something special about it. So I started talking to this guy about buying this land, and finally we made a deal, and I bought it cash. Boom, right there, paid. For, and and here I am buying a house. The last thing I need to do is this like side deal. Everybody says, "What? You're buying a house, and you just decided to buy this land?" For, you know. And I said, "Yeah, well, you know, some guys they get my age, they buy a sports car." <laughs> <laughs> I buy a bunch of dirt next to Area 51. And so I, I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do with it. Sure. But, um, and so finally, once we got settled into our, our house and our property here, which is where I've got my, my new studio and workshop and lab and all that, and I love it here. This is just we're so happy that we made this decision. Once we finally got kind of settled in here. I finally traveled to visit the land that I bought. I hadn't even been to this land. I just bought it through through you know, seeing pictures of it. Mm -hmm. And but you know, it's <laughs> there was nothing that was going to disappoint me. It's a desert. You sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we got up there, and I, I took a road trip up with uh, my wife and some friends. And we brought uh, night vision equipment with us. And, man, we just had the best time up there. We saw these weird things in the sky. And the thing that freaked us out the most is that when the sun went down, we started shining these UV lights around. Mm -hmm. And, Tim, I have never seen scorpions this big in my life. Oh, this if you you know everybody calls their place a ranch, like, you know, this is blind pig ranch or blind frog ranch. Yeah. Or what? I guess mine must be Scorpion Ranch, okay? Because <laughs> I'm 
I'm not going back there again without some thick boots on. I'll tell you that much, Fred. Uh, <laughs> it was it was like something out of a, a, a nature documentary, but it, but really cool looking. So I was sitting there and I thought, there, this place is special. It, you're in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's so quiet that you can hear your blood rushing through your veins. Oh wow! Uh, and there's no. It's 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 restricted airspace. So if you see some weird light in the sky. Uh, there's a very high probability that it's it's not like a helicopter or an airplane. If it is, it's going to be something military-oriented. You're not going to see any yeah. civilian stuff around there. So that's helpful. And I thought, this place has this whole paranormal legacy. This is the perfect place for me to build a machine that I have fantasized about building probably for a good 15 years. Really? This is a, a a portal opening machine. And I decided to take everything I've learned through my 30 plus years of experimenting and research and take everything I've learned about physics and metaphysics and the paranormal and the mind body environment relationship and and magic and history and combine them all into this machine that I have envisioned. And I always said, someday I'll, I'll try making this when I have the right opportunity and enough money. Mm-hmm. And, and that time has come. And so I am in the process of constructing this machine. It has a name. I haven't released the name. Okay. Uh, I haven't told anybody how it's built it's taken me longer than i expected because of supply chain issues with some of the 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 pieces and parts that are that are crucial at some point i'm going to tell everybody everything of course but um i've almost got a prototype of it finished and the idea is when this prototype is ready to be tested then my friends and i were going to go up there and with our thick boots on <laughs> and we're going to we're going to go out there at night and we are going to set this machine up and we're going to fire that baby up and we're going to sit back you know with some popcorn and a bunch of night vision cameras and i think if this thing does what it's intended to do we are going to see some of the wildest stuff that humans have ever seen and i can do it out there because if things go terribly wrong I'm not going to hurt anybody. You know, there's, I'm in the desert. I might damage a few scorpions, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, so I'm away from like real civilization. Again, there's no restrictions on the property. It's all mine. You know, it's all private. So I can do what I want to there. And uh, I could even build like a house there if I wanted some real getaway, you know, to, but uh, nonetheless, uh, that is something that I, I'm thinking that I might have an update for everybody by the end of this year, maybe even in the next few months. It depends on how much progress I make. Turns out building a portal opening machine is not as easy as it sounds. No. Uh, But I am making progress. And uh, when everybody hears about this, it's going to be good. So that's what I'm doing with the, the land that I bought in Rachel, Nevada, near Area 51. I I somehow think that, after people hear this program, you're probably going to have about a thousand intern applications that'll come into your email. 
that would be cool, actually. Yeah, I yeah. would like that. So you're probably going to have to put a trailer in that land uh, <laughs> and have have places uh, for tents to uh, to set up. Uh, and people are going to have to bring scorpion spray or whatever it is they bring to keep the scorpions away. Um, I just remember from staying out at Tombstone what uh, what those little buggers look like. And if they're bigger than the little buggers I saw, um, yeah, you're probably going to need a baseball bat. <laughs> to keep them oh man and they crawl like you, you can't even sit in the bed of a truck you know because they can climb up into the bed of a truck and i swear to you okay like i you know i'm, I'm six foot two i got pretty big hands mm-hmm. and i'm telling you i'm looking at my hand right now and i'm not exaggerating some of these scorpions were as big as my hand and that's not including the tail yikes yeah and i mean i'm talking you know from the bottom of my palm to the tip of my finger i mean that's uh, and then they Glow like a Christmas tree under that UV light. So that's the good part. I actually created all my boots. I I I, uh, I made like some special Scorpion boots so that I strap UV lights to the toes. Mm-hmm. So if I'm walking around, I'll be able to see one. I, I don't want to test the uh, the ruggedness of my boots uh, if I don't have to <laughs> <laughs> see if they're truly Scorpion proof. Um, but but you know that's actually interesting. Um, I I think I would consider if if somebody put in a good application and they wanted to go out there and do an experiment of their own or spend the night, do a sky watch or whatever. I mean, I would be open to allowing that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done it so far. I've never even talked about that, but look, if right now, as we speak, I have a piece of land that's sitting there unoccupied and it would be awesome if somebody was out there right now, finding something. See, intern slash caretaker, you, you throw a, you throw a trailer up there and, Put them up there with a shotgun. I don't know why they'd need a shotgun just to protect the scorpions, I guess. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you, then you, you got somebody protecting your portal machine, and, and uh, there you go. That's true. And uh, and they have to sign a very thick stack of waivers, though, before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That protect your your, uh, your secrets and... Um, and make sure you don't let the military take your stuff. Speaking of, the one question I had for you was when you're going to sign on the dotted line to to buy this land, do you not have the government inquiring as to who this new neighbor is and are they going to be digging into the neighbors next door? Because I would think they'd be a little curious as to who's buying the land next door to them. Well, yeah, I had no doubt that, uh, well, for one thing, since that I am a media guy, I mean, I figured that it wasn't any big secret, you know, that they probably have known who I was for quite a while because I've talked a lot about Area 51 on the radio. Mm-hmm. And um, and I actually was on my way to Area 51 years ago when on the side of the road, I discovered what I think was some kind of a time anomaly. Okay. Uh, they call it the Vegas time warp. I was using this thing called a differential time rate meter. I was the first person to ever use one of these, and I found this spot where time slowed down by just like a, a millisecond, which is still a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and that went all over the world. That was a, It started, it got picked up by the local news here in Vegas, and then that went all around the world, and it got picked up by international news. So I figured at that point they started keeping an eye on what I was doing. But, um, you know, the funny thing is throughout the process of buying this, I never encountered any kind of like spooky men in black or anything like that. However, however, that when that day came, 
when we had our first road trip to go up and see this property for the first time, so much weird, uncanny stuff happened. So many synchronistic things. I, fortunately, I had my camera and I documented all of it. I'll give you just a couple of examples. Sure. Uh, one is, uh, okay, to, if you drive from Las Vegas to Rachel, Nevada, mm-hmm. and using the most popular route, which goes through this town called Alamo, it's going to take you, you know, like between two and two and a half hours. Yep. Um, and so as you as you drive that route, once you get there's a fork in the road, and once you take that fork in the road, you're actually heading toward Rachel. You're driving th- just through cliffs, cliffs, cliffs. And as we were driving along, uh, everything was pristine. There was no litter anywhere. There was no graffiti. And then all of a sudden, uh, at some point, my buddy Jason said, Josh, did you see that? And I said, what? And uh, he says, look at that cliff. And we, we stopped the car and we looked out and there's no other cars around. There's no other people around. And on this cliff right next to the road, in there's one word spray painted. W-A-R-R-E-N. No. <laughs> and we're like... Uh, again, it's like one of those ice ice water down the back. Like, what the? Yeah. It says Warren, my name. Now we're like, how could this be a coincidence? Like, what does that even mean? Okay, so right off the bat, we. I mean, we we got out of the car. Uh, my one of my friends, Nick, climbed up to there and examined it. And he said that the paint looked, you know, relatively fresh. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Nobody knew we were coming. We didn't make this a public announcement or anything like this. So I started thinking maybe this was like some kind of a psychological way of, of, that somebody was messing with me, like we're watching you. You know, I mean, I don't know how how else to make sense of that. But, yeah, I've got tons of video footage and pictures. That was where it really began for us, um, even though we had some other, like, issues on the trip with, like, equipment stuff. But anyway, the now, next thing Now, is, there was no town of Warren, Nevada, or anything like that anywhere no. in the area or... Absolutely not. Wow. No, there, I have no explanation. And, and, and I'm talking like in giant letters. The, the only thing on this cliff was my name. And so then we, uh, when we got to the little alien, mm-hmm. yep. uh, which is about the only thing there is in Rachel. Yep. Um, we met up with a couple of guys who were very, very eager to help us find our property. Hmm. because yeah and because i had the gps coordinates but that was about it you know i mean the the that you don't have a cell phone signal out there any of that kind of business sure so yeah we met some guys who were very friendly and uh so they became like our guides and they we followed them out on these dirt roads to figure out where this land was and it did occur to me like these guys could take us out here and you know murder us and there's not much we could do yep um and but uh the weirdest thing about that and, I, and this is neither here nor there but i just i guess i'll mention it uh <laughs> when we finally located my piece of property and we got out of our vehicle and every, we were all looking look, looking at maps and we could catch a little gps signal here and there and we're like okay this let's start staking the corners off and everything next thing i know one of the guys that we'd met one of these total strangers that we met 
who had helped us. He says, I need to go get something. He goes into his truck. He comes out. He walks into the middle of my property. I'm like, what does he have? He pulls out this giant set of bagpipes. What? And starts playing bagpipes. (laughs) So this is like three o'clock on a hot summer afternoon in the middle of the desert with this strange guy who's suddenly standing in front in the middle of my new land playing <laughs> bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, what is going on here? And he says, Oh yeah, you know, I'm from Scotland. Well, blah, blah, blah. I was look, I don't know what that means. Maybe, maybe it means nothing, but that's just an example for you of just like a lot of weird, weird stuff that that happened during that entire day. And there's a whole list of other things, but that just gives you an idea of how this is becoming almost like uh, one of those locations where um, it's like a movie set or something, you know, it's like the the true, the Truman show. I mean, there, there are going to be stories and synchronicities and weird things that are going to just swirl around this property and the work that I'm doing there. And it's a little bit scary, but it's also exciting. And um, uh, who knows, man, this this may end up being the next Skinwalker Ranch kind of situation for all I know. <laughs> sounds like you got a TV show on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Well, I don't I don't think I envy it at all, Joshua. That's for sure. Um, well, let's let's move on to the the thing that caught my eye the most, and that's this, Joshua, uh, the the reason for the call a, a couple of months ago, and that was this thing with haunted dolls. I've I I know it's a it's a kind of a new, but not really a new foray for you. Um, I know you've always had an interest in tulpas, and you've had an interest in uh, things that have come to life, so to speak. But this is a different type of new life form for you. Um, explain to me how. Kennedy entered your life and how it ties to Robert the doll. Yeah, well, there's a a direct connection there, actually, because when I was in my younger years as a paranormal investigator, I thought the idea of haunted dolls was pretty darn silly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I could I could uh, open my mind enough to think like, okay, maybe any object can become haunted. But when people say, oh, it comes to life and it gets up and it runs around the house and it yeah. climbs up the walls and it strangles you, like, I just couldn't go that far. That's That was pushing the, beyond the realm of logic that I was explaining earlier as, uh, <laughs> so, as required <laughs> to some extent if you're going to do real research. And so I just never really thought that was possible. But um, George Norrie has always been... Um, really fascinated and terrified uh fascinated with and terrified by dolls he doesn't like the doll thing at all mm-hmm. and uh and i should say and he was the one who first told me that he wanted me to go and investigate robert the haunted doll and do a story about that for coast to coast am okay. but actually let me just point out real quick this is kind of related um because you know Art Bell, who of course created Coast to Coast AM. Yep. He called me one day, and this is a long story that I'll make short. He sure, called me ahead. one day, and and he said, uh, he said that he had this uh, like five foot tall wooden 
alien statue at his house in Pahrump. And he said that his wife and daughter are scared to death because they are saying that this statue comes to life at night and runs around the house. And that if he doesn't get rid of this thing, they're probably going to get a divorce. What? And Yeah. And he wasn't joking. I mean, he was dead serious. Like, this is a serious thing. And he, he said, would you like to have this? And uh, I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't going to give it to me for free, though. He did want a little. He didn't charge me much, but he said he wanted, you know, a, a nice lunch out of the deal. So you're kidding. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, but here's the thing that, that I'll, I'll I just I'll never get over this. He asked me to come to his house within. He gave me like a, a few days to come to his house and pick it up. OK. And it was impossible for me to do that because I was in, uh, I was near San Francisco and I was filming mm-hmm. uh, an episode of Ghost Adventures. And then as soon as I was done filming that, I was flying directly from there to Michigan to Sault Ste. Marie to do the Michigan Paracon. Oh my gosh. So I had these two obligations that were back to back. And uh, so that, uh, there's just no way I could have been a man of honor and then said, sorry, Charlie, to everybody else and done this. But I knew I had to have this. And I had a really good friend um, who was a movie producer, big fan of Art Bell, living in Los Angeles. And I contacted him. His name is Jim Castle. And I said, Jim, would you, would you be willing to go to Art's house and pick this up for, on my behalf and then ship it to me? Then he said, heck yeah. <laughs> so so Jim Castle went over to Art's house, and I will just, uh, I, I envy him so much yeah. because yeah. he said that Art invited him into the house, and they just sat around for hours shooting the breeze, and Art was just like the perfect host, and t- gave him a tour of the property, and, uh, you know, went out and smoking cigarettes, talking about the good old day. they like... Oh man, how much would I've given? To, I mean, maybe I would have in retrospect, just like <laughs> I think you, if you would have called Brad Blair over at the Michigan yeah. Paracon and just said, "Listen, I just need you to rebook the ticket, just you know, and I can come in a little bit later," and told him what you were doing, he would have. Yeah. he would have done it in a minute. I should have done that. All that he, was, yeah, all he would have required was just either a FaceTime call. Or or an autograph picture at the very least. He would have done it. Yeah. He would have done Gosh, it. Gosh, I should have done it. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. should have done that. Yeah. But, um, well, the good news is I got the statue. And so at that time, I was living in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and I had a museum there called the Asheville Mystery Museum. And um, at that time, the museum was in this old haunted jail building. And so one day FedEx pulls up with the biggest box I've ever seen and they crack it open and all the peanuts fall out. And here is Art Bell's alien statue, one of a kind. Okay. The only one ever. And uh, the story behind this thing is, and I've got the whole provenance. As a matter of fact, I to, for, for posterity, I put the whole provenance in a website called artbellalien.com, artbellalien.com. And, and basically the story is, um, back around in the early nineties, there was this guy who I think he lived in, uh, I want to say Delaware, 
who was a, a professional wood carver and he used to make like cigar store Indians and things like that. And he loved to listen as he was working all day uh, to r- the Rush Limbaugh show. Okay. And one day this wood carver was in the grocery store and he saw a tabloid that had a picture of Rush Limbaugh standing next to aliens. And so he thought it would be a gag instead of carving like a wooden cigar store Indian to carve uh, an alien and then drop it off the next time he was in uh, Rush's area doing a delivery at the radio station. And so he did this. So this guy, this woodcarver guy, he takes all this time, carves this huge statue out of mahogany. He he names it Carville because he said it, he thought it looked like James Carville, the political pundit. And it does. <laughs> yeah. He dropped it off at the sta- the radio station and in the lobby and never heard another word about it until like 15 years later when I contacted him tracing down the origin of this thing. Well, what happened was Rush Limbaugh loved this thing. And so Rush Limbaugh put this statue in his studio. And then one day, uh, Art Bell was in New York and he got invited to go meet Rush Limbaugh. So Art Bell walks into Rush Limbaugh's studio and he his jaw, his jaw hits the floor and he goes, why, why do you have an alien here? And Rush says, some fan just like dropped this thing off and Art loved it. And before Art left, he stuck a $5 bill and a cigarette in the hand of this alien. And then, <laughs> uh, and then he left. Well, like a few years later, Art Bell was being honored by uh, Clear Channel at this big soiree in California. And Rush Limbaugh remembered that Art loved that alien. And so as a surprise gift, when Art was on the stage with Matt Drudge, uh, at one point, um, the uh, this head guy back then, I think his name was Randy something, I can't remember. Uh, he said, we, we got a surprise and they bring this alien out on the stage in front of everybody at clear channel and art runs over and like there's video of him hugging this alien and just like he's (laughs) just loving on this alien right so so then he took it and this alien was in his studio all these years art is broadcasting these classic shows okay and and then this thing and ends up in my hands so mind you two guys who are in the broadcasting hall of fame Rush Limbaugh and Art Bell mm-hmm. had this alien and Art Bell was so nice that when he got it, he got down on his hands and knees and he, he signed the base of it. Oh, and wow. he has, he, he had his hand, he did a, created a handwritten letter of, of his ownership and the story and the provenance and gave it to me pictures of him with it, all this stuff. I have all this. So I got this at my, uh, my museum. The first night I got him, I was setting him up and making sure everything was perfect because the media was coming the next day to do a story about it. I left the museum. When I came back the next day, the entire hundred pound, like five foot tall statue had shifted about, I think it was like 35 degrees to the right and nothing else was moved in the entire museum. And I was freaking out. I was like, "How? nobody's been in or out of this. Only I had the security code access. How is this possible? And I thought maybe this thing actually does come to life, right? Mm-hmm. So after that, I put a camera on him and I never saw anything. Well, that alien is now at my new house. Okay. So when you walk in the door, you're greeted by Carville the alien. And it's and and, and now here I have this relationship with Coast to Coast AM. 
it's like there's something mystical about you know i've been i've been with you know I, I, working with coast to coast am for all these years but now i'm talking about now i'm hosting the show on their podcast network so i feel this connection to the legacy through him i tell you that story because that was the first time i started maybe opening my mind to the idea that something like a doll or a statue might have a spirit that becomes animated so when george nori came to me and said i want you to fly to florida and investigate Robert the Haunted Doll, who lives in this glass case at the East Fort Martella Museum, and figure out what the real story is there. I thought, well, this is going to be fun, but there ain't no way this doll is doing the things they say it's doing. Right. You know, like, for example, one time there was a hurricane and there was water rising up down there in the museum, and they came in the next day. And Robert was gone and nobody knew where he was. And then they realized later he was up in the rafters, bone dry. And then people saying that he, he attacked them. But I ended up meeting with lawyers. There was a couple of brothers who were lawyers who had experiences seeing Robert come to life. Um, I, I met two or three people who seemed very believable, who told me that they had seen this doll move. So. I spent days by myself there and they were great. They let me stay in that museum by myself all, like till three o'clock in the morning. I'd call in the coast to coast and be like, guess where I am? I'm standing or I'm looking right now into the eyes of Robert the doll. It was, people loved it. Hmm. Well, one, one day, um, one day, I guess, well, maybe on my last day, um, one of the big wigs there with the cultural center uh, gave permission for the big glass case over top of Robert the Haunted Doll to be lifted off of him so I could study him closely. And they said that that case had been on that doll, and then we're talking like a big square, like a like an aquarium-looking thing, had been over this doll for more than four years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and nobody had been given uh, the ability to investigate him, especially from a paranormal point of view, without that glass case. And so they had these two guys come out with these huge suction cups and they got on either side and they lifted this big, heavy glass case off and they said, take as much time as you want. So I go over to Robert the doll, one of the very few people who will ever be allowed to touch him, I'm sure, because he is old. He's well over 100 years old. Yeah. And uh, I the, one of the first things I, I realized was, well, uh, since he's been under this glass case, nobody's ever been able to properly shine a UV light on him because UV light doesn't generally penetrate through glass, which is why when you're driving down the road, you don't get sunburned through your car window. Yeah. So I thought I'm maybe I'm going to be the first person to ever shine a UV light on this doll. And I broke out my UV light and I turned it on and boom. <laughs> right there on his sleeve is this weird little symbol that is otherwise absolutely invisible to the naked eye. And it's, it, it looks like it was very intentionally put there. Um, it had kind of like that distorted snowflake kind of appearance. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So I took all these pictures of it. And I really had no idea what I was looking at, but it was clearly some type of a, a very kind of organic looking symbol. In other words, it didn't look like an artificial stamp or something, maybe something some 
somebody done by him. And the story was that the family, the wealthy family that had the kid who owned that doll had a servant and she became upset with the family and she did some kind of a magical ritual with it that basically kind of put a curse almost like that the doll is a huge voodoo doll right yeah and so uh i, I when i was examining him i really i didn't measure any like i don't think i did it's been a long time i don't think i got any like particular electromagnetic pulses or anything like that that were very substantial but the the weirdest thing i found was this was this symbol so when i got back home and I found out while I was gone on that trip, my wife was a ho- was home alone, and all kinds of weird stuff was happening at our house, <laughs> with oh, lights no. blinking and voices, and like the dogs going crazy. Like, so I don't know what that means. But when I got back, I started doing research and trying to figure out what the symbol was, and I came across this old medieval grimoire that had a variety of uh, magical symbols and there was a symbol that looked a lot like it and it was a symbol used to uh, reanimate the dead and to animate uh, objects and so that is when i started getting really hooked on the sigil thing and started taking all this more seriously and you can see once again how that one investigation ties into another and so probably a lot of the work that i've done with parasymatics and creating the sigil lab um would not would not have been done if i had not have had that experience being possibly the first person to ever find that what i believe is a magical sigil on robert the haunted doll very interesting. So how does Kennedy come into play here? And how does Kennedy come across your field of vision? And how do you start dealing with Kennedy? So now all of a sudden I get known as one of the haunted doll guys, right? And <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually have some pretty spooky dolls. Um, I have a show that I produce here in Vegas occasionally it's called the paranormal Vegas show. Okay. Uh, we used to call it the creepy Vegas show, but we thought that that might scare people a little too much. So we call it the paranormal Vegas show. And it's, it's a nonfiction presentation. We, we usually do it in a bar or something like that where you sit down and we have, it's like a big PowerPoint presentation where we show you all the best evidence of ghosts and UFOs and all the weird stuff here in, in Nevada. But then I also have this incredible collection of, haunted and charmed some would say in some cases cursed items things that i don't keep in my house okay and and as a part of the show we take all these things out and if you want you can come up and touch them you know you can touch them take your picture with them it's an interactive show Hmm. and uh i don't usually host it sometimes i do but uh, i mean uh, the guy i hired to host it he's a he was born and raised here in vegas and he does a great job his name's nick weird and uh, as a matter of fact we're doing uh one next month february of 2024 uh and so if you're interested in that just go to paranormalvegas.com and buy a ticket and come uh, come be a part of the show but um anyway uh i so i've got some you know haunted dolls there so unfortunately my haunted doll reputation has continued to grow <laughs> and i was contacted um probably over two years ago i would say 
by Tom Danheiser. And Tom said that uh, I guess some listener had knew about George's kind of weird relationship with dolls and everything. And so uh, this person just out of the blue sent them this box that had this big ventriloquist dummy in it. It's kind of like what Rush Limbaugh's fan did when he just drops off the big alien statue. Now, this is a listener who just ships them this. And and by the way, the proper word for it is ventriloquial figure. Oh, apparently they, they don't like to be called dummies, I guess. Yes. There's no <laughs> such thing as a dummy in the ventriloquist world. Yeah. No, no. And so uh, when when they open this up, they found this doll inside that looked a little different from any other ventriloquial figure you've probably seen. And I mean, this is a good sized uh, doll. Yeah. And it had had a paper with he's got he's he, he's wearing a little suit with a tie and a vest. And he he has um, the real mischievous uh, kind of leering eyes. And uh, he looks like a little smarty pants. So, but, you know, how, how they use those uh, those dolls in these shows, I'm sure he's like a little wisecracker or whatever. Yeah. And so um, there was a letter that accompanied it. And uh, the letter said, um, this doll has a spirit. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know uh, who to send it to. So I figured I would send it to you. And there, and I haven't seen this letter because Tom told me that when they, they moved the office at one point and he lost the letter, but he's going to dig for it and see if he can find it. But this doll sat there at, uh, in George's studio for again, probably, uh, uh almost, uh, two years until finally George said one day, like, I don't, I'm tired of looking at this thing. Will you please get this thing out of here? <laughs> it's creeping me out. He, 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 it's like, he's always sitting there watching me. And uh, so somehow they decided that they would give him to me. Uh, somebody, I'm sure somebody was like, send it to Joshua. He's, that's something for him, not for me. <laughs> so so Tom t- takes this doll to his house because he's going to prepare him for shipment to me. But once Tom gets him to the house, to his house in California, he starts kind of procrastinating and, and has this doll, you know, just sitting in some closet or whatever. And he, during this period of time, all this paranormal stuff started happening at Tom's house. And I, Tom actually came on to my strange things podcast and talked about all this himself. So we, the story's coming straight from his mouth. I'm not just paraphrasing things. Right. The first thing that happened was he started hearing, uh, all these, well, now I, this is not always him. People at his house, like he has like a housekeeper apparently, and he has, you know, friends. So they were the first people who started hearing uh, real loud noises like crashes and bangs. At one point, it said it sounded like somebody was rolling a bowling ball around one of the levels where the closet was. And then one night, Tom heard this huge shatter in the middle of the night. And he thought somebody broken into his house and he walks in and there was this like significant ceramic plate that had come off a shelf and just, you know, was all, all over the floor in pieces. Um, and, and then um, his security camera captured footage, which I have of this weird, dark, cloudy looking mass that appears at the bottom of the stairs in his house. 
and moves up the stairs toward the closet where Kennedy was being kept. And and then and and George Nori just told me this the other day. George said that um okay, he said that when Tom had Kennedy the doll, and then and, and the letter said, by the way, this doll's name is Kennedy without any explanation. Hmm. You have no idea why this doll's name is Kennedy. What, Tom took Kennedy to his house and pretty much prepared him eventually. Because I, Tom would keep telling me about this doll, and I was like, you're never going to send this to me, are you? Because <laughs> I thought he was becoming obsessed with it. Yeah. Because that's that's what happens. These dolls, you know, they start working on you, and they and they get attached to you. This is like the traditional curse of having a haunted doll. Yeah. And so, but he, he finally got it packaged up. And, um, well, he, he not fully packaged, but I think he like printed out labels, shipping labels. I don't know exactly what he did, but at one point, um, he took the, he took the doll back to the station to have FedEx pick it up from the station that day. And before he sealed it up, um, George walks in and he says, what is that stuff on him? And Tom goes, what are you talking about? And he said that Kennedy had little grass clippings all over his shoes. And Tom goes, that's weird. I just had my grass cut yesterday. So no, they can't figure out how that Kennedy got out of the closet and into the yard to get grass clippings on his shoes. Oh, that's um, weird. Yeah. So, so anyway, sure enough, one day, I get a box <laughs> and, and open it up and take Kennedy out. And the first thing that struck me is the craftsmanship on this doll. I mean, let me just tell you, this is not like some kind of mass produced doll. You can tell somebody who knew what they were doing. They sat down and and carved and 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 produced this thing out of different materials. It's got all these levers inside of it, one that controls the eyebrows, another that controls the eyelids, one that controls the eye movement, one that controls the mouth. I mean, like, this is a, a like a professional custom-made doll. I mean, if, if you just took this doll and put it in an antique store, somebody would probably pay five grand for it, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was like, my wife and I both, we are, we have great appreciation for art and, you know, she's very crafty and we're always like going to antique stores and we both were like, wow, this is something special. Um, and I also know a guy here in Vegas who's a professional puppeteer and, um, and we've seen a bunch of his puppets and his marionettes. And so we, we, yeah, we knew this was something, something somebody put a lot of time and effort into. And, um, so, when as soon as I got him, I mean, we were like, "Well, is this a good idea for us to have this doll here now, or should we take him and put him in the storage unit?" But we both kind of just had a really good feeling about him, and so hmm. we ended up not only putting him in his own little chair, but um, my wife said that his shoes needed to be updated, so she bought him a new little pair of shoes and kind of like fixed him up, and we kind of treated him with respect and. Uh, I addressed him, you know, said, good morning, Kennedy, you know, good night, Kennedy. And uh, even though I sent a picture of him to my mom and my mom says, oh, my God, he looks evil. I would get that out of my house. <laughs> um, 
we actually started having like a positive feeling around him. But then, sure enough, some paranormal things have started happening since I've had him in the house. Uh, one thing is um, one night it felt like something uh, jerked at the corner of my sheets on my bed. I don't like that. Anything coming into my bedroom, I don't like that. Yeah. And, but, but I happened to have a, a, a camera on him. Because once I got him, I set up a 24-hour camera on him. Okay. So I, so I went and I checked the camera. And at the exact same moment when I woke up, because it felt like something had pulled on that sheet, sure enough, nice, big, bright orb appears and floats right around Kennedy. Uh, it's This is not a piece of dust or any of the typical stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. And then after that... Um, my uh one of my motion alarms on my stairs started dinging over and over as which had never done before um usually within like every day for three or four days in a row this would happen and uh i actually put a camera on my stairs and i thought that's especially weird since at when at tom's house he got footage of this like dark mass going up his stairs mm-hmm. so i was i would not have been surprised if i'd gotten footage like that so i don't know if there's some essence of this doll that gets up and roams around the house. But I should say that if anybody listening wants to actually see uh, both of these items, I recently, just before um, Christmas, just, you know, a couple months ago here, I, one day I decided I was going to put out a YouTube video and show everybody some of the weird stuff in my collection. So I just went around part of my house and I showed some of the stranger objects that I own. And I showed Kennedy and I talked about him. And I showed um, Art Bell's alien there. And if you go to YouTube, I just go, my channel is called Joshua P. Warren. It's not even monetized. So you don't have to worry about commercials and all that stuff, hopefully. Okay. Um, and if you go, it's one of the newest videos at, at the, on the Joshua P. Warren channel. It's like a 30-minute video where I'm just walking around telling stories and showing you some of the stuff. And you can see both of these dolls. So for a guy who really doesn't like the idea of having possessed objects in his house, I now have two with pretty good stories that both have a connection to Coast to Coast AM. And at some point, I'm going to have a, a proper report on all of them that I put out where I say, okay, here's the data now. You know, here's what happens when I measure them. Uh, here's what happens when, well, here's some of the video footage I've been talking about, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, it's just like there are too many stories, man. I've got I've got a haunted wheelchair in my house now that used to belong to Franklin D. Roosevelt. Really? They would push him around. And, yeah. And it was on the History Channel, as a matter of fact. And uh, that is soon going to be put on public display in Boulder City, Nevada, at a new at a new visitor center they're creating there. Um, so, yeah, I've got just like I have warehouses all over this country on both coasts uh just packed from the top to the bottom side to side with crazy objects and i I don't know what i well what i'm going to do with all this stuff i mean i i could open up a museum tomorrow but you know it is just not enough hours of the day so uh that (laughs) that kind of shows you how it all connects though to haunted dolls and spirits and whether whether or not something animate can be animated 
that you know i think you've you've got your own conclusions already made i mean it it uh, i think you've you've seen it for yourself whether it can happen and I, I don't think you need any more proof you've got it under your own roof um what's interesting is we're sitting here talking i've got the picture up uh, from the coast to coast am website from the night that you were on um which was november 8th of uh, 2023 they put a nice headshot of Kennedy up, and the eyes are haunting. They, they really are. Um, and I'm sitting here looking. I'm staring Kennedy in the eye as we're talking. And if you sit and you stare at the picture long enough, it's almost like Kennedy's eyes move with you when you move from side to side. And I know it's an optical illusion of just staring at the picture, but it's almost like the head turns at times, too. It, you, you can psych yourself out by doing that. Well, let me tell you, he absolutely has that property, that quality. I mean, all the time I'll be sitting there watching TV and I'll just look over at that doll and I swear he's looking just so squarely. So just his eyes are just looking straight at me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and not just a little off to the side. I mean, it, I swear it's exactly like a human being sitting there looking at me. And so many times I've been in different positions and I'll look at that doll and I haven't touched him and Lauren hasn't touched him and he's just sitting there looking right into your eyes. So you're onto something there. It's you, I mean, one of these days, hopefully you'll get to see this doll in person because I've never seen a doll like this one. And, you know, I've seen, as, as I've told you, I've now seen a lot of haunted dolls uh, but nothing like Kennedy here. So, I mean, I think he has the potential to one day become just as well-known as any of the other famous haunted dolls. I tell you, it's something else. Uh, we're, uh, we're about out of time here, Joshua. Uh, again, Strange Things is available on the Coast to Coast AM podcast network. We have the link in the description of this program. I encourage you guys to uh, to go check it out. There's there's a lot of podcasts there and a lot of good podcasts as well. Um, what else would you like people to know uh, about you? Your website, joshuapwarren.com. we got a link to that in the description of this program as well. We're even going to put up the link to uh, to Art Bell's or artbellalien.com. you got to see the pictures of the alien, Carville, which is, i, I got to tell you, the, the, the alien is quite uh, quite funny. So... Um, you've got to see the picture of the alien as well. We'll, we'll have a link to that alien as well. Um, what else would you like people to, uh, to know about you before we leave uh, today? Here is the, the number one thing. If, if, if anybody listening has found any of this stuff interesting and you really want to stay updated and you want to be able to participate in some of my experiments and, uh, you get some freebies, uh, Go to joshuapwarren.com, and right there on the homepage, it says, click here for Joshua's free newsletter. And this is a newsletter that I sit down and I write at least once a week with my own fingers here. You'll get it typos and all. And when you, all you do, it takes you two seconds. You click there. You put your email address in. You hit the submit button. When you do that you will instantly receive an automated email from me with links to all kinds of goodies. You're going to get a link to what I call a free digital good luck charm with instructions on how to use it. You're going to get free instructions on how to create a visor at home that will allow you to start seeing the aura and spiritual things with your naked eyes, if that's of interest to you. 
I have a link to what I call a free five minute money secret. Uh, I have a link to a PDF uh, of my book, Haunted Asheville, about my hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. And as a matter of fact, I also own the Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours. So if you're near Asheville, just look up hauntedashville.com and come see us on a ghost tour. And here in Nevada, I own the Haunted Boulder City Ghost and UFO Tour, and that's hauntedbouldercity.com. But the main thing is, if you do nothing else, Please sign up for the free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P there, by the way, and when and the website address. And then uh, you will find yourself in the middle of a phantasmagoria, many rabbit holes that you'll be able to travel down. And uh, I, I am always just... Uh, well, I guess I'm just racing from one adventure to another, and that's the best way to come along on the adventure with me. And I also want to hear from everybody about their experiences and adventures and get their feedback. So the newsletter is that's your portal to this world. There you go. There you go. Well, my friend, it has been um, an exciting 90 minutes. It has been not just exciting, adventurous and kind of a, a thrill ride, a, a hang on by the seat of your pants type of thrill ride. And man, have I learned a lot. This last <laughs> well, 90 Tim, you know, it's, it's like we were talking earlier. Um, it's been a while since we've seen each other in person, but I've just always really admired you and your approach and your, your, your curiosity and your mind, your open mindedness. And I want to congratulate you on all the success you've had over the years. I'm so glad that you are continuing to push the boundaries of human exploration. And I've just really enjoyed this experience. So I look forward to next time. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you for being here. I I'm so glad you came back on the program and, and let's do this again soon. Sounds good. All right. I want to thank Joshua P. Warren for being here today on The Big Show. Boy, did he have a lot of information today. I wish him the best of luck up there at Area 51. Wish him the best of luck again with the sigils. Be sure to go to joshuapwarren.com and use those sigils, folks, and see if they work for you. I know that I'm using them in my daily life to see if they work for me. Get back to me at timofdarknessradio.com. Let me know if they're working for you. We'll compare notes, you and I will, and... We'll see. We'll let Joshua know as well if they're working for us. Um, also, check out his podcast, Strange Things. It's a very interesting show. I encourage you to check that out as well. Also, how about that last story, huh? Kennedy the Haunted Doll. How is that for creepy? I, that on top of Carville, to have two things moving around the house, not just one, but two. I don't know. Kind of weird. Joshua and I, maybe someday I'll tell the story. I don't know if I will or not, but Joshua had a few outtakes um, about things moving around the house. But I think that's his to tell. Maybe we'll have him back and we'll talk a little bit about strange things moving around the house and noises and his wife being a little unnerved. And There's more to these stories, folks, than, than what meets the eye. But there's only so much time in one podcast, isn't there? Folks, I have a few thank yous, as always, at the end of the week. Uh, first, thank you for listening, taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Like I said, if there wasn't something in today's show for you, I don't know what I can do for the rest of the year for you. I really don't. I'll try. I'll certainly give it the good old college try, but I don't know that I got much left for you or much else left for you. Joshua always brings it when he comes on this program. But thank you very much for, um, for continuing to spend your hard-earned time uh, patronizing this program. I really do appreciate it. And so does Bruiser Malley 
and Jessica Freeberg. I do want to ask you for your continued thoughts, prayers, healing energy, whatever it is you can send to Papa Bruiser. Uh, he was in the ER earlier this week and wasn't uh, doing quite well. So we ask for that. I also have a personal favor to ask of you. Every once in a while I have this. I have a friend named Amanda who's in Wisconsin who had an incident with her heart this week. It, uh, it sped up to an incredible speed, and they couldn't quite find the cause for it. Uh, it wasn't anxiety, but it got to the point where they nearly had to do some pretty serious things to get it to come back down. We're not talking just the regular reset of the heart, but we're talking some pretty drastic things. And she thought she was a goner there for a moment. Now, Amanda has a, a small three-year-old daughter named Esri and, of course, her husband, Matt. All three of them are quite close to me and, and very, very good friends, almost family. I said they, were, they are family, not almost family. They are family to me. And uh, Amanda was quite scared. She got a hold of me this weekend and was quite uh, confused, quite scared about her, her medical situation. And she's looking for more answers. They're doing more tests on her. I just ask that you send Amanda in the Madison area of Wisconsin some good energy, some thoughts, some prayers, healing energy, whatever you can send her uh, to help her with a speedy recovery with that speedy heart, if you will. So we, we wish you well, Amanda. Okay, so we also want to thank our sponsors this week. We were, we were fortunate and blessed to have sponsors this week. We want to thank, of course, uh, first of all, Microdose Gummies for being on the program. Microdose, they're helping us get out of pain. They're helping with that anxiety. They're helping enhance our workouts. We're getting better sleep with them. Again, if you want to discover that world of microdosing, you want to help yourself and your yearly goals and get going with your yearly goals, pick up Microdose for just 30% off your first order. You also get free shipping and it's available in all 50 states. Go to microdose.com, use that promo code DARKNESS. Again, it's available nationwide. One more time, microdose.com, and use the code DARKNESS. The other one I'm really glad is back on the program, and I'm, I'm thinking you'll be glad they're back on too because they've got quite tasty meal delivery kits, and I want to thank them for being back on, again, is Factor Meals. Factor Meals is back on the program. You can get started on your New Year's resolutions if you haven't already. Get them kicked in the behind big time. Get yourself set up for success with Factor. They've got options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and more. There's 35 new meals every single week, plus 55 new options every week with Factor. You've got a lot of stuff there, folks. You've got smoothies there. You've got breakfast options. You've got great snacks, all types of different things with Factor. And not only that, but they've got a great deal for you. 50% off when you go to factormeals.com slash darkness50. One more time, factormeals.com slash darkness50. Use the code darkness50 at checkout to get 50% off. We ask that you do that and try Factor Meals. The other sponsor we had last week that I want you to give a try as well too, Miracle Made Sheets. Did you know that... Your regular traditional bed sheets are like sleeping on a toilet seat. There's that much bacteria there. It's real simple, though. You can get rid of those bed sheets. Bring in a brand new set. Bed sheets, pillowcases, and I'll tell you, you'll be sleeping like a baby. You'll get rid of acne. You'll get rid of allergies. You'll get rid of bacteria. You'll get rid of everything, and you'll be sleeping sound as a baby. 
Not only that, but you'll be saving money. How much money? Well, over 40%. Plus, you'll qualify for a free three-towel set from Miracle Made. How do you do that? Well, it's real simple. You just go to trymiracle.com slash darkness. And when you get there, use the code darkness to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, trymiracle.com slash darkness and use the code darkness and claim your free three-piece towel set. If you're confused about any of this, it's real simple. Darknessradioshow.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. All the sponsors are lined up there for you to peruse and take advantage of their offers. We'll make it simple for you. I want to thank Molly Fox this week. That's the other big thank you I have. Uh, she's stepped up huge the last couple of weeks and filled in for Bruiser while he's been away. Uh, I can't thank her uh, enough for uh, how she's just been a, a team player. And, and I can't tell you guys how she wasn't really, really not feeling well. <laughs> but she she just uh, she really just bucked up. And, and, and uh, she really, really wasn't feeling well. She just managed to buck up and and do the tapings every day. And, and not only that, but show up with a smile on her face and energetic and ready to go. So, Mally, thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate everything you do for the show. Another big week next week here on the big program. We've got uh, True Crime Tuesday and, of course, Supernatural News and your interview to look forward to. Again, if you have uh, guests that you'd like to hear, timbadarknessradio.com. We're looking for your parish share stories as well. Send them in, timbadarknessradio.com, or you can simply send them in. Or you can simply go to darknessradioshow.com and click on that little blue button on the right-hand side of the screen. It says, send us your parish share stories, and you'll get a two-minute window in which to leave a voice note. If you need more time, just click on that blue button again. Leave us another two minutes. I'll stitch it together. We'll hear your lovely voice here on the air. That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week for another great week right here on The Best in Paranormal Programming. This is Darkness Radio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to day to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.